Good evening, Heritage, and all of you that are watching. Um, I'm so excited tonight. I'm excited to be um, talking about God. I, uh, I tuned in this past week. I was in Michigan visiting my family, visiting my sister. And uh, so when I got the chance to tune in and listen to the messages, I just got so excited. Pastor touched on some verses that are so, some of my favorites, and uh, it just lit a fire in me. So I'm so excited to be with you tonight. Thank you, Pastor, for letting me be here. Um, Sunday, let me read you a couple of verses about the God that we serve. First, I'm going to read from Second Chronicles 16.9. Which says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. This is our God. He's, he's, his eyes are looking for someone who will just, who will just trust him, be faithful to him, loyal to him, that knows that he wants to do good on their behalf. And he will show himself strong on their behalf. He will not come up short. <laughs> I love that. Psalm 103, I know this is um, familiar passages to most of you, says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How many of you can testify that serving God has benefits? <laughs> serving God has benefits. I've seen them in my life. I experience them on a daily basis. It says, who forgives, this is God again, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. That's nice. When you are experiencing something that you know isn't from God, maybe, you know, it says he redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, and he satisfies your mouth with good. How many of you would like to have good things to talk about? Like an endless supply of good things to talk about. He satisfies my mouth with good things. I can't stop talking about the good things that God does for people. He's just awesome. Sunday, Pastor read from um, Romans 4, which is a kind of a light your fire kind of passage. So I kind of, um, I'm just believing tonight that I'm going to read the word and the Holy Spirit's just going to light the fire. Like it did for me this past week. So we're going to read Romans 4 um, through a few different translations because, you know, you never know what translation will light your fire. And I'm just going to give the word a chance to do what it does. You know, the Bible says that the word is powerful. It's alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. So, you know, I know in my life, maybe with my husband, maybe not my husband, but there can be times where I could tell him something 15 times and it doesn't change him. Some would call that nagging, but I can tell him things over and over again. It's like I'm chopping away, right? I'm chopping away. But, the, but if God tells him, one time is all it takes. And that's the word. So as we hear the word tonight, I'm just believing that you hear it that one time. And it's all it takes to light that fire in you to take hold of the promises. Amen? Romans 4, we're going to read verses 16 through 21. I'm going to read in the New King James Version first. It says this, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. I love that. I got to stop. And it's, it, it's of faith that it might be a grace so that the promise will be sure. It's sure. If you'll just be in faith, it is a definite. It's a sure thing. It's a sure thing. If you will just believe God. That's why he made it a faith. So that it would be sure to anyone who would believe. It's guaranteed. If anyone believes, it's a sure thing. 
Okay, let's go on. <laughs> that it might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who have the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. I'm going to skip down to verse 18. Who contrary to hope, this is Abraham, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So God told him he would be a father of the many nations. He believed it. And because he believed it, it was guaranteed. It was a sure thing. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb. I mean, his wife's womb was dead. I mean, he was a hundred. He was a hundred and God said, you're going to have a son. And he just decided that's what he was going to believe because God said it. I'm going to believe it. And so he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. I love what pastor said a few weeks ago, what he said, you know, this year that God gave him being fully persuaded. That means filled with one thought, one thought. That you base all of your faith on. I love it. All right, let's read these verses in the New Living Translation. So the promise is received by faith. Period. <laughs> so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it. It's certain that we will receive it. By if, it if we just choose to believe it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Amen. This is the God we serve. This is why we can count on him because he created everything out of nothing but his word. And we just have to believe his word. Even when there was no reason for hope, no reason for hope. In the natural, there was no reason for him to believe anything other than they would never have children because they had never had children. But God had said to him, that's how many descendants. Oh, Abraham kept believing. Even though there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept believing, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. When we stay strong in faith, no matter what's going around, around, no matter what's going on around us, no matter what the media says, no matter what the news reports say, no matter what the government says, when we believe God's word above all else and we stay true to his word, it brings glory to God. Because God's looking for that person to show himself strong on behalf of. He was fully convinced. Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. All right, let's read this in the message version. This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and his way, and then simply embracing him and what he does. God's promise arrives as pure gift. That's the only way everyone can be sure to get in on it, and that's what God wants. He wants everyone in on it, so he made it real simple. He's giving it away all you have to do is believe. 
So those, let's see, let's keep going. For Abraham is the father of us all. He's not our racial father. That's reading the story backwards. He's our faith father. We call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as father of many peoples. And Abraham was first named father and then became a father. Because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. That's a key. You trust God to do what only God can do. Raise the dead to life. With a word, make something out of nothing. That's our God. He can make something out of nothing with his word. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw... He couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. (laughs) Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. This hundred year old body could never father a child. He didn't respond that way. Nor did he survey, survey Sarah's decades, decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise, plunged, that means head first, whatever, plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure, absolutely sure that God would make good on what he said, that God would make good on what he said. Tonight, I want to talk about faith and patience because it's faith and patience that By faith and patience, we inherit the promises. I'm so excited. You have to forgive me. Okay. Faith makes it certain. I heard pastor say on Sunday, all my chips are on God. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the disease says. I don't care what the doctor's report says. I don't care what my bank statement says. I'm putting all my chips on God and what he says. Because he is a sure thing. He's a sure thing. And it's only a matter of time. It is only a matter of time until natural things line up with the word. It's only a matter of time until the natural things confirm God's word. Because his word is true. Faith means it's a guarantee that what isn't what God says will change. Faith says, if this isn't what God says, if I'm looking at an area in my life and it's not what God says it should be, then I know it will change because God's word said it will change. So I I just put God's word on it. We do our part and God does his part. And our part is only believe, only believe. It's so easy. Some people say it can't be that easy. What if it's that easy? What if it's that easy and that's the one thing we're not doing? Just believing. No matter how long it takes, expecting it to be true and expecting whatever doesn't look like God's word to change. Keeping his word on it. Believing. Just believing. Now, this past week, I was at home because um, my sister, Natasha, my twin sister, she was having some tests done. Um, a lot of you know that um, last October, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was stage four, which means it had moved into other areas of her body. So they had done a PET scan um, back October and November, and it was in five places in her body. And uh, 
Only 2% of people who get diagnosed with breast cancer get diagnosed in stage four. So it was kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy. But we know that's not what the word says. We know Jesus's blood was enough because we said he heals all your diseases. Psalm 103, I just read, said, God, he heals all your diseases. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. So this past week, um, she she did everything that she could do in the natural, you know, doing the things that the doctors were advising, running that past God, of course, um, making sure there wasn't anything that she wasn't at peace about, but fighting because, hey, when the devil comes against you, you fight. You fight every way you know how. That's like if someone came and started, like, beating your child, you would, hello, you would do everything you could. You would fight back. You would do something about it. So you fight every way you know how. So that's what she did. And, you know, of course, we were speaking the word and and all this time. And she was just resting in the promises because God said that's not the word of God. It's not the word of God. That she, the word of God says I will live and not die. The word of God says he heals all my diseases. It says only with my eyes will I look and behold the reward of the wicked. And first John, we were standing on first John 3, 8 that says Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And that, and we learned last summer at the Southwest Believers Conference, Keith Moore spoke and he said, that means he will make it like it never happened. Those attacks that you've experienced from the devil, Jesus will make it like it never happened. So we've been standing on that and standing on that and, um, you know, and then all this COVID. So she started doing chemo and she went through a few um, rounds of that and, um, you know, with with the kind of cancer that she had, um, you know, a lot there's there's a lot of cases, but um, on, they'd only seen um, a couple of two people, <laughs> two people come out and you know survive it. And uh, so the doctors at first were just saying, you know, this 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 is to the death. You know, this is what you will die of when you die. You know, and uh, so it was like pretty serious. You know, and so but that's not the report of the Lord. That's the facts, but that's not the truth. So we just kept believing and, um, you know, she would go through treatments and, and they would a- ask her all these questions, how she was feeling. And it was just, the doctors started saying things like, and of course my sister was speaking faith and she was refusing fear. She would go to get, you know, all these tests done and she would talk to the people doing the test saying, Hey, I'm just refusing fear today. I'm just refusing fear. And it was like this childlike faith. You know, you just believe God because there's nothing else you could do. You just believe God. And, uh, so just kept believing. And about a couple of months ago, she went in for another scan and of the five places where the cancer were, there was only one left. Praise God. So, you know, so now she's finishing the chemo and then this COVID nonsense hit. And um, because the devil's just bad, he's evil, um, bad devil, good God. So she um, she couldn't finish the last um, dose or whatever you call it of chemo. And uh, so she said the battle was on because even though she knew she was being healed and God was working, once she couldn't get, you know, and her her, her faith was not in the treatment. It was in the God who made medicine, the God who was directing her on what to do. She kept her faith on God, and uh, she just kept moving forward, trusting him. And you know, it's a battle. It's a battle in your mind, because there's nothing you can do really in your body when something like this hits. So it's a battle in your mind on what you're going to believe. You've got to believe what God says. And so she would just renew her mind to what the word said. She would play tapes of what the word said and worship God and, you know, and rest. She would just rest. She knew it wasn't anything she could do to get her healing because you can't earn it. 
Just like you can't earn salvation. It's a free gift. So she just rested in the fact that it was hers. Well, um, so these last couple of weeks was a real battle mentally on, you know, what's going on in my body. Nope, the word says I'm healed. It doesn't matter what what happened or didn't happen with my treatments, da-da-da. And so the reason I went home this past week is because she was going to have another full body scan. So um, before the scan, it was on Thursday, and so we didn't get the results until Tuesday with the Memorial Day weekend and all that kind of stuff. And so um, Tuesday afternoon, the doctor called, the nurse called, and was talking to her. And we had talked ahead of time, and we just said, you know, it doesn't matter what this report says. We're believing for a good report. We're believing she's going to be healed because that's the word. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, and natural things have to submit to the word of God. So we had decided it doesn't matter what this report says because we know what the real report is and we will keep standing until science proves the word of God, until the report shows us what the word says. So we were, we were waiting on the report and the doctor called and um, the doctor's talking to her and, she, and she's talking about these future things that, you know, maybe she wants to do with my sister. And, and Tasha just, just says, well, um, what did what does it say about it in my body? What does the report say? And she goes, well, let me read it. So she pulls it up and she goes, well, um, this is kind of unbelievable. Um, there, there's not showing any uptake of cancer anywhere in your body. <laughs> Praise God. So she has a report right now that there's no cancer that showed up in the PET scan in her body, which is a true miracle of God. We just worship him. He's great. He's true. He's holy. He's faithful to his word. And it's only a matter of time. If you will keep believing, keep believing, God will do what he has promised he will do. And we win. That's the bottom line. You know, Dr. Savelle says all the time, you stand until you win. It's not over till you win. And so we are still standing and we're expecting more good news next week. And you know, I, I'm listening to all of this and I'm just crazy happy. Crazy happy. I told the lady at the restaurant that night. I told the lady at the jewelry store the next day. He satisfies my mouth with good things. I can't stop talking about his good things. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. It's absolutely true. I can testify. This isn't the first time, but this is a big one. You know, this is a biggie. So I just praise God. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And you know, that's what spiritual warfare is all about. You've got to, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, cast down every thought because that's, that's, where it's, that's where it starts. The devil will throw thoughts at you, images, imaginations. You know, when, when the devil says it or when, you know, the doctors even say, you know, based on their knowledge, you're going to die of this. That gives you an imagination. That, that shows you pictures about your life, you know? So you have all these thoughts and imaginations, but you have to cast down every thought that exalts itself against God. Second Corinthians 10, 5. Think about that. That thought is exalting itself against your God. I mean, I would want to cast it down right there. Don't you talk about my God that way. Don't you talk about my pastors that way. Don't you talk about my husband that way. Don't you talk about my sister that way. Don't you talk about my God that way. When thoughts come into my head and they try to lie to me about my God, that my God doesn't love me or he's not big enough or he's not great enough or powerful enough to take care of me, I cast those thoughts down because that's not my God. 
That's not my God. So you, that's the spiritual warfare that we are in, is you've got to cast down every thought. You can't speak them. And how do you do that? You speak the word. You do exactly what Jesus did. When Satan came to tempt him, to get him to believe another thing, to get him to obey his flesh versus God, he cast down all those thoughts, all those words with the word of God. You've got to speak the word. This is how we fight our battles. We speak the word. We speak the word. That's why it's so important. That's why pastor had us read the New Testament so that we would know what this Bible says, so that we would know what these promises are, so that we will know what God says he will do on our behalf if we will only believe. You read through the Gospels, how many times did Jesus say, your faith has made you whole? Not that you made the checklist, not that you made the top 10 believer list. You believed. Your faith made you whole. Your faith made you whole. We believe this word until we win. It's a done deal. It's a, if, if anything, I just want you to believe tonight that this word is a done deal. If you put all your faith on it, that's how easy it is. It's a sure thing, certain to all the seed. We just need to be fully persuaded, fully convinced. It doesn't matter what happened to Uncle Sal. It doesn't matter what happened to Aunt Sally. None of it matters. We can't base what we believe on experiences. Even in our own lives, I can't base it on what, what happened to Nikki in the past. What, is, what does the word say? What does the word say? I can't allow natural things to change what I know. I can't look at natural things. I've got to take what I know. I've got to know that I know. And I've got to take what I know and change the natural things. Because what I know is true if I know this. If I know this. It's like that saying, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you know this word, then you know. You know the outcome of your faith. It's victory. You know it. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know it. And if you don't know it yet, you're getting there. That's what tonight is about. You've got to know that you know that you know that you are going to win. Why? Because Jesus won for you. It's only a matter of time till your natural circumstances line up with the word of God. Just keep speaking it. You know that word confession is the word homologia, which means you speak the same thing as God. That word logos is what God says. So you speak the same thing God says. You just keep, that's your confession. You keep confessing what he says. You keep putting the word on your circumstances until your circumstances line up with the word. Amen. It says in Hebrews 6.15 that he patiently endured. When he patiently endured, he received the promise. And my sister this week, she said, you know, you just have to endure. You just make it through and you will receive the promise. You just patiently endure until everything lines up with the word. That's what you do. So when Satan comes at you, he'll try to battle you with fear because what he wants to do is separate you from believing. He wants to separate you from God, separate you from the word. That's what the whole word unbelief or disbelief, that word dis, I've told you before, dis means separation. So disbelief, separate you from belief. He's trying to separate you from believing the word. Because if he can separate you from that, then what can you base your faith on? What, how do you inherit the promises if you can't put faith on the word? If he separates you from believing, then he can separate you from the promises. And we don't want that. We want to be examples and glory of our Father in heaven. We want to be a living, I said this at Easter, we want to be a living testimony of that victory. I want my life to be a living testimony of Jesus' victory. 
Because he wins, I win. Because he won, I win. So we can't get discouraged. You can't allow the devil to separate you from courage. No, you win. You just keep pressing. You just keep pressing and keep pressing and keep pressing. Just like in any sporting event, right? You play to win and you keep playing. Any team that gives up before the buzzer is a, is a losing team. You play to the buzzer. You play to the end of the game. And that, that's what we do. And when we, the Bible says, he who endures to the end will be saved. You endure to the end and you will be saved. So we cast down every thought, just like Jesus, when he was tempted to do things, he spoke the word, he spoke the word, he spoke the word. Because when you are tempted to believe anything other than the word, then you're being tempted to believe a lie. Because what else is there? If you won't believe the word of God, what else is there? There's only lies left. And so we don't believe lies. We don't believe any lies. So it's no good if we have this word and we don't believe it. I think I also heard pastor say on Sunday, 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. How can we have this word? It does us no good if we can quote this word, but we don't believe it. That's having a form of godliness, but denying the power that's in it. And we know, according to Hebrews six twelve, the word of God is full of life and full of power. We know that's what, we know that's true. But Hebrews 4.2 says that you have to mix the word with faith. Let's go there. Hebrews 4. So for some reason, I just think Romans 4 and Hebrews 4 just go together. Hebrews 4.2. For indeed, the good news, the good news, I'm telling you good news tonight. God wants you well. He wants you prosperous. He wants you blessed. <laughs> For indeed, the good news was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So it doesn't do us any good to come to church week after week and hear the word if we're not going to be determined to believe it, if we're not going to mix our faith with it. It says when you mix your faith with it, it profits you. Profits you, that means it adds to you. That means it does good things for you. It brings profit to your soul. It profits your soul. That means if your soul, if if your mind or your emotions are bankrupt, (laughs) you know how that feels. Discouraged, depressed, just funk. You're in a funk. The word will profit you if you believe it. You know, I always, I hate when people won't receive encouragement. I hate when, when I see someone struggling and I go to them and I encourage them and I tell them what the word says and they won't. It's almost like they don't hear me. And I hate that because I know if they will just open their ears and hear, or open their heart and hear me, they will come out of their funk. And it's amazing that we can resist the truth that will set us free. And that's not what God wants. He wants us to mix our faith with what we hear so that it can work in our lives so that it will profit us. He wants to profit us. And so it profits our soul, which means it goes deep. The word doesn't just bounce off us when we come to church. We don't just sit here like it's not important. Like, oh, I'm in church. (laughs) No, it's I'm here to learn God. What are you saying? 
What does your word mean to me? What, what can it do for me, Lord? Where am I falling short of, of the glory that you want to do in my life? And so I'm listening. I'm intent on hearing, like maybe something pastor says that, oh my gosh, I never thought of that way. I've never thought of that before in that way. You know what? That really applies to such and such situation. I've never been in a church service where I didn't hear something. It may be a message I've heard a hundred times, but if I'm intently hearing, I will hear something to me. Because the Holy, because when, even if, you know, there's been times I've been in a service where the preacher is preaching and the Holy Spirit, just because the preacher is anointed and preaching the word, the Holy Spirit will minister to me something totally unrelated to the message, but that totally applies to me. (laughs) So I come into the house of God expecting to receive. I come bringing myself to God saying, God, I'm bringing my life in here tonight. I'm bringing my life in here. I'm giving it to you and I'm believing you're going to give it back to me tonight in a better shape than I just brought it in. (laughs) And he's so faithful. He's so faithful to do that. So we've got to pastor said it in prayer tonight, cast not away your confidence. Hebrews 10 35. You can't cast away your confidence. You've got to be confident, remember? Fully persuaded, fully convinced, sure, certain, guaranteed, sure thing that this word will produce in my life what it says it will. It will, it will, it will. You can't convince it. I'm already at a point where you can't convince me otherwise. I've already seen it true in so many, I've seen it in child rearing, I've seen it in marriage, I've seen it in money, I've seen it in health. You can't convince me that this word won't work. Faith and patience has has allowed me to inherit the promises. Amen. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. My, my, my life is a living testimony that Jesus won. Amen. That he defeated sin. He defeated the slavery that we were under. And we don't ever have to be under it again. Right. We're free. We're free. We're free to prosper. We're free to be blessed. We're free to be healthy. My life is a living testimony of it. And you know what it says in Hebrews 6.19? This is the anchor we have. For our soul, our emotions, what we think. This is the anchor. God cannot lie. He cannot lie. The anchor to my soul, when the battle is at, is raging, and I see some, like when my sister was going through this, when we first got word of it, it took me like 24 to 48 hours to get my mind under control. Because it was intense. That battle, you have all these imaginations going on in your mind of what could be. But this is the only thing that could be. Everything else is a lie. Everything else is a lie. You've got to cast them down. And sometimes it takes a moment. (laughs) Sometimes it takes a minute, people say. It takes a minute sometimes. But you've got to get your mind. You've got to have that anchor to your mental, emotional state that God cannot lie. And no matter where you go, no matter what they say, no matter what you're under, no matter how it feels, no matter how the storm rages... God cannot lie. He's a good God. He's a good God and he cannot lie. And that's the anchor to your soul so that you can stay fixed, steadfast, and holding fast to your faith. You can't let your faith drift away. You've got to hold fast to what you believe. And you've got to believe what God says he will do. So you speak the word. And the Holy Spirit, he gives us as a helper. Oh, it's so good to have a helper. That helper will remind you what the word says. And when he 
See, the devil will throw all this crazy stuff and then all of a sudden out of your spirit will come a verse. He will remind you of something that you've heard before, that you've seen before, a verse you studied before. It will come up out of your spirit and then that's when you speak it. Because the moment you speak that, it's almost like the battle dissipates. Because you just figured out truth in the middle of your situation. And it just makes it go. Because the word of God is full of life and full of power. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It says that it will split soul and spirit. It will even go down and separate what's true from your human reasoning. It will go in and separate soul from spirit. Because sometimes you don't even know the difference. Sometimes you can't tell how you feel from what's real. And so the word of God will go in and tell you the difference. And when the battle, this is something my sister said this week too. When the battle in your mind is intense to the point where you are struggling, get help. (laughs) Get help. Get somebody. Call somebody. Call somebody that will join their faith with yours, who will speak the truth, that knows the truth, and will speak the truth to you until you can get control of your mind, until you can get control of your emotions. Because the battle is in your mind. It's the fight for your faith. Because the devil wants to take out your faith. He wants you not believing God. Because that's the only way to win. That's the only way to win. Is believe God. You've got to believe God. It's a fight for your faith. And then you rest in the fact that God is able to perform his word. That's what Abraham said. He was fully convinced that what God said, he could do. I mean, we're talking about the God... Who can bring water from a rock? Can you bring water from a rock? God can bring water from a rock. Exodus 17. God can do something you never even thought to do. God can do anything. With his creative power, he created the heavens and the earth. There's nothing too difficult for him. There's nothing too difficult for him. There, there's, he's the way maker. He will make a way where it doesn't even make sense in human reasoning. Where they've never seen it before. He will do it. Because he can. He's ready to perform his word. And his eyes are looking to and fro for someone whose heart is loyal to him. So that he can show himself strong on behalf of that person. Because they just believe in him. This is the God who split a sea so millions of people could walk across. And when he split the sea, he made the bottom of the sea dry. That had never seen sun. At least probably since creation. And they walked across on dry land. There's nothing too difficult for him. There's nothing too difficult for him. You can rest in the fact that he can do it. And not only can he, he will. He, if he said he'll do it, he'll do it. He will do it. Faith, what's our verse? First John 5, 4. Faith is the victory. Period. Say it again. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. All you need is faith. Only believe. Isn't that what Jesus said on the way to Jairus' house? His little girl was dying. And then they got the report that, too late. It's never too late. (laughs) 
You keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. If Jesus said he's coming, he's coming. If Jesus said he would heal, he will heal. He said, only believe. And then he got to Jairus' house, and you had all those mourners, because the girl had died. And Jesus walks in and says, the girl's not dead, she, she's sleeping. He says, make room. The girl's not dead, she's sleeping. What was he saying? Make room in your mind for another answer. Make room in your mind for another report. And sometimes we have to make room for God. Make room. And you know what? They laughed at him. And guess what he did? He put them all outside. But the ones who believed went with Jesus and participated in a miracle. You can participate in miracles if you will just choose to believe. You can go in with Jesus anywhere where he says to go and participate in miracles if you will only believe, if you will make room for a different report. We have to refuse fear. Fear is unbelief. Fear comes, again, to, to separate you from believing, and it's nothing more than a lie. In Hebrews 4, God's talking about them having heard the word, and they did not mix it with faith, so they did not enter the rest. You know, with unbelief comes unrest. So a real key to whether you're believing is if you can rest. If you're restless, if you have restlessness, if you're, you just can't sleep at night, it's a good indicator that you're not believing. It's that you're listening to voices other than God. And I only say this to help you because God wants you to recognize that's a lie. Anything that causes unrest in your life is not God. And it is not his word. He says he wants you to rest. In fact, when he talks about the Sabbath, you know, which means to rest, that Sabbath, I was reading this past week, is a sign of the covenant with, that we have with God. Because it's our part to rest and say, I worked six days. God, it's up to you now. That's our part. That's our part. We believe God will do what he says he will do. So we do everything we can do, and then he does all the rest. He causes us to be fruitful. You know, I was talking about that Mark 4 verse. You know, it's got to go. Remember, I was talking about the word has to go deep. That's like the parable of the sower. When it does go deep, when you do take it in, when you allow it to change how you think and you allow it to change how you feel, <laughs> because sometimes your feelings can go berserk. When you allow the word to go in and get hold of that and change how you feel, you can go from angry to amazed. You can go from doubtful to believing. You can go from crying to laughing. In a moment with the word of God, if you allow, allow it to go in deep and change it. And we know in the parable of the sower that when it goes down and it goes into good ground, right? There's some that will receive the word. Like there might be some tonight that are hearing that God wants to work on your behalf. Faith and patience will inherit the promises. And you're just, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's great. That's what we're supposed to do. But you've got to let that word go deep. And no matter how you feel tomorrow, let that word go deeper than how you feel. Because Mark 4 tells us that there will be some of us who will immediately receive the word with joy, but we don't give it depth of soil. So the next day when something bad happens, it fries the word and it makes it unfruitful. 
But if we'll allow it to go in and go deep and we meditate it and we choose to believe that regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel, and it gets down deep, the Bible says it will be fruitful. It will begin to profit us. We'll see harvest in our life 30, 60, and 100 fold. So it comes back out. And so God makes us fruitful. He does his part. We do our part and he does his part. There's nothing too difficult for him. Nothing too difficult for him. So only believe. Only believe. Refuse to be disturbed. Refuse to enter into unrest. Because it's resting. You know, the Sabbath was God's sign of the covenant. But in Colossians, it says the Sabbath was just a shadow of things to come. And that substance is Christ. And so now that we have Jesus' death and resurrection, his death and new life, then the rest is ours forever. We're to enter that rest every day we rest in him. Every day we rest in him because he does what he does. He defeated Satan forever. (laughs) Jesus defeated Satan forever, one time and for everyone. Forever. And because Jesus won, I win every time. I'm a winner in life. I win and win, and win, and win. And it doesn't matter what he brings against me, I will win. Because I choose to believe the word. And I will put my faith in what God says. And I will do what he says because I believe him. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time and I will win. I just want to read one passage before I let you go tonight. It comes out of John 5. And I want to read it to you in a way that I was reading it the other day and the Holy Spirit gave it to me. And in John 5, 5, it says, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him and said, Sir, (laughs) sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. And when I was reading this the other day, I was just reading through it. And when I got to that last verse, when I read it, the Holy Spirit quickened it to me. And this is how I read it. And that day was the Sabbath. See, God just wants you to rest because Jesus can make you well. You may not have a man to put you in a pool. You may not have a man, but you may not need a man. You may just need a word from God. And when you get that word from God, rise up and walk. And that day will be your Sabbath day. Amen. It's only a matter of time. So believe his word. Believe his word. Don't doubt. Don't waver. Stand, stand. So how many times? We're... This is Dr. Savell's ministry. He's the man who knows how to stand, which means we're all sons of the stander. So we should all know how to stand. Amen? Amen. Let's pray before I, before I let Pastor come back up. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for this powerful word. Father, I thank you that it goes deep on the inside of us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will quicken it to our remembrance. I thank you, Lord, that you will bring your word back to our remembrance. I thank you that you'll be quick to remind us of the truth and that truth will set us free. I thank you, Father, that you will give us a renewed determination to believe you no matter what, no matter what. 
No matter what, we choose to believe your word, and it's only a matter of time. Father, we are a victory going somewhere to happen. I praise you, and I give you glory for everything I've seen this past week and all the testimonies that will come in as a result of this ministry, as a result of our prayers week after week after week. Father, we know you're working in our community. We know you're working in our church family. And, Father, we're believing for that personal revival. That personal revival that starts a corporate revival that causes a community awakening. Father, we look forward to it with great anticipation to what you're doing. Father, we thank you for supernatural increase this year like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.